AviationPros.com is the portal website for AMT, airport business, and ground support worldwide magazines. Visit daily for breaking news, industry blogs, and insightful articles from our magazine's editorial team. And don't forget to sign up for our publication's daily e-newsletters. It's all at AviationPros.com. Hello and welcome to the Aviation Pros Podcast. I'm Josh Smith, editor at Ground Support Worldwide Magazine, and today we're speaking with Jason Sparks, Director of Field Safety at Signature Flight Support, to better understand the effects the COVID-19 pandemic has had on ground handling personnel staffing at FBOs and airports, and the steps necessary to return these employees to work safely. Thanks for sharing some insight with us, Jason. Hello, thank you. Glad to be on. Well, we appreciate having you with us. And uh, as mentioned, uh, many ground handling personnel members have been furloughed or laid off as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. But as economic conditions improve and passenger traffic begins to increase, ground handlers will have that opportunity to begin returning to work. So what are some of the inherent risks and maybe some potential dangers that could result from furloughed ground handling personnel returning to the the workforce after an extended period away from their jobs. Uh, thank you. So as we know, uh, the aviation environment can be very dangerous with a lot of moving parts. Um, depending on the time away on furlough, team members may not have stayed as active, uh, especially depending on the weather. They might not be uh, used to, if you're in a warm weather climate, used to the heat or as we're getting into winter, um, not used to the cold. Um, and they're not used to the fast paced environment. Uh, they also may no longer be familiar with how each piece of equipment operates or remember safety policies in place. And each location is unique, which brings its own challenges, so they may no longer know location-specific hazards. So those types of hazards specific to a location. I see. And what liabilities can an operation uh, face if an incident or an accident occurs, um, particularly after an employee who's been away from work for some time has come back and is involved in in that incident or accident? Sure. Yeah, I would say significant liabilities if something is missed by a returning employee that that affects the safety of flight. Um, some things that come to mind, some type of damage or even more importantly, uh, missing fuel quality control checks or incorrectly as we're getting into um, or actually are into DI season, but incorrectly de-icing an aircraft. So it's something that directly affects that safety of flight. So with that in mind, then, what what are the official steps that should be taken when an FBO is uh, welcoming a member of the workforce back to its operation and getting ready for them to kind of be redeployed into the field? Uh, you know, what what boxes should be checked to make sure things are being done safely? Yeah, I think it, uh, out front before that is having a team um, created depending on, you know, the, the company size, the location size, but having a, a team dedicated to that, to bringing or to creating the policies, the procedures in place. And I would recommend a tiered approach. So, and that's for training and sign off as required. Um, the most important focus always on safety and security, but kind of a tiered approach where depending on, uh, how long that person was out. So if they're out uh, under 30 days, it could be just something as simple as uh, reviewing the basic requirements and then creating some type of assessment um, to make sure that they have that knowledge to come back. 
uh, if they're out 60 to 90 days, same process, but adding in uh, a review of equipment and daily tasks and a final sign-off after they've been observed in the operation by a base manager or a designee. And if it's that further out past 90 days, um, I know we've experienced uh, some of that in some locations is, is actually just restarting the entire training process over um, so that we can uh, make sure that they come back uh, ready. And that makes sense. And are, are there other measures that can be taken to help that employee become uh, familiarized with the process again, uh, that being daily tasks or uh, specific procedures that are going to be asked of them, um, even if those these uh, extra measures aren't necessarily you know, required to get a, uh, an employee retrained? Sure. Yeah. Um, I, I could say for our case, you know, we, we developed very specific return to work communications for our team members. Um, we did have postings and some of those postings did depend on states or local uh, specific requirements, but keeping that out in the forefront of their minds, seeing that on a daily basis, um, also making sure you're reiterating that with your, um, with the team members uh, on daily and ship briefs, team calls, um, things like that. Very good. Uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to have more with Jason Sparks. Uh, we'll get to that right after this message. Would you like to reach key decision makers in the industry? Share your message on the Aviation Pros podcast and reach key leaders across all facets of aviation, including aircraft maintenance, airports, FBOs, airlines, and ground handling. Contact one of Aviation Pros' helpful account representatives to find out more. We're back with Jason Sparks, the Director of Field Safety at Signature Flight Support, and we talked about the steps that need to be taken to get ground handling personnel safely return to their jobs. And, and now I'd like to learn a little bit more about who it is that's carrying out that process. So, uh, Jason, if I could ask, you know, who is generally tasked with retraining employees that are returning to the job? Is that something that's typically carried out by one specific member of management, or is it generally a more of a team effort to make sure that uh, these employees are, are ready to work safely out on the ramp? Sure. Yeah, I think it's um, it's dependent on the size of the location. Um, however, you know, medium-sized operations, it's usually a team, um, you know, two to three dedicated trainers. If it's a smaller location, it'd be one dedicated trainer. Um, and those people are, you know, de designated by the base manager. So that person will work w directly with the returning, uh, or the returning employee go through the training process, um, you know, it's, uh, signing off on on-the-job training, taking uh, through our online learning system uh, assessments and courses to get them back. And then ultimately it's up to the, the location um, manager, whether it be a general manager, station manager, um, et cetera, for them to then have that final sign-off. And hopefully it's after observing them, I shouldn't say hopefully, they should be after observing them in the operation to make sure that they're performing uh, the tasks uh, correctly and safely. And do these um, sorts of tasks always need to be conducted by a supervisor or are there portions of the training that could be conducted by uh, members of their peer group? Like for example, uh, could a returning employee benefit uh, in any way from job shadowing you know, other line service techs performing the same types of duties. Yep, absolutely. So 
Um, I, I think it also it really depends on the amount of returning employees. If you just have one returning employee, uh, that that supervisor, that trainer will work with them first, and then, like you said, that is very beneficial to have them uh, shadowing another LST, another uh, field quality control um, check. I know we did put mentors in place for those very important tasks like fuel quality control because it's so very important. Um, so working with them, um, you know, like I said, depends on how long they're out, but very beneficial to be working with uh, another member of uh, the staff. Um, like I said, um, we did have some cases as well in our uh, business where we had to bring in help from outside of the, the particular location to assist with that, uh, depending on how many people were out. But that's very important. I, and I think, you know, that that could be important even not in the pandemic is making sure that, you know, bringing people in, working with people, making sure uh, that they're seeing what's, go what's going on out there on a daily basis. Now, very important that if you're doing that to make sure that, uh, you know, the, the people they're working with are, aren't like, well, here's how you were taught. Now this is how I do it type of thing. So it's very important to make sure you're picking the, the right people. So how long then, let me rephrase. I guess you've, you've touched on the, um, the time period really required for getting a, an employee retrained and, and ready to perform his or her job. But are, are there any specific milestones that you like to watch for specifically to to get a good sense that the returning employee is, is ready to kind of dive headfirst, uh, you know, back into their regular routine? Yeah, I think, um, like I said, we did use the time, uh, the, um, the tiered approach, but I think it's also, I don't think, I actually believe that it's also, we left that up to a lot of the location managers because they know that location the best. Uh, they know the people that they have. Um, you know, if you have, if you have someone that, before they were furloughed, didn't have a lot of experience, you know, they would need to, and we do a lot of observation. So it's observing to make sure, you know, and it's when that manager feels comfortable that this employee's got it, they're ready to get out there and um, perform on their own. Are there any areas of training or in, in this case, retraining that tend to get overlooked and do you have any advice for supervisors out there to help them avoid these types of pitfalls? Yeah, I, I believe you really need to focus on those team members that did not have a lot of aviation experience before going on furlough. Um, you know, it, it creates huge knowledge gaps and they need a more thorough return to work to get their heads back in the game. Um, it's also very important to create a team or committee um, to assess the situation and come up with a game plan that is applicable to that location. So things are not missed, um, you know, simple things like uh, driving a fuel truck. You know, if a, a person's been out for a while, they, they don't know the handling characteristics of that fuel truck. Um, you can't turn too sharply depending on the amount of fluid in there. Um, you know, it changes that center of gravity. Um, so coming up with a, a good game plan to get back in. The other major challenge is returning team members back to work when the business is not fully back. So as we, you know, um, as the business might not be fully back, so it's a challenge to get someone out there, observe them towing an aircraft, et cetera. So, you know, some of the suggestions, you know, get out there with a, uh, be creative, get out there with a GPU, you know, to push the, the GPU around the ramp, something like that. So, you know, it's safe, um, you know, what it, 
getting in and getting people to do daily checks and things like that. So you have to be kind of creative to get people back into the game. That makes a lot of sense. And as we mentioned at the top of the podcast, you know, we are watching things slowly start to return to normal, but uh, of course it's going to take some time. So I imagine a lot of this comes with some patience as well. Is that right? Yeah, very. Um, it's, it's very important. Uh, like I said, I, I don't mean to keep using this example, but, um, you know, if, you, if you're bringing back someone that's been, you know, say someone that was with the company for 20 years, um, if you're bringing them back, they're not going to take as much time to get them back. Uh, versus if, you know, someone was here six months, put on on furlough for 90 days and bring them back, it's, um, they, they do require a lot more patience, uh, especially during, you know, COVID as well. You know, that's kind of like I said, you keep it up to the, the location manager because they know their location and their people the best. Um, you know, people still might be dealing with a lot of stress due to COVID. Um, so you have to be very patient bringing them back to make sure that they work safely. Um, keep themselves safe, customers safe, and customer assets safe. All right, very good. Uh, that's going to do it for this edition of the Aviation Pros podcast. I'd like to thank our guest, Jason Sparks, of Signature Flight Support one more time. And if you'd like to learn more or connect with Signature, visit SignatureFlight.com. And for more information about ground handling safety and FBO best practices, subscribe to Ground Support Worldwide and Airport Businesses newsletters and regularly visit aviationpros.com. <laughs>